The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm so excited to be joined by some friends today from the Hilltowns, Ashfield to be exact, Elmer's to be even more specific. Yay. Yay. Ariel Brooks, hello. Hello. Hello, hello. And Nan Peretti, hello. 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 I'm so glad that you're both here today. Um, and I think everyone's been learning more, interested in what's going on at Elmer's. So why don't you kick us off with what is happening at Elmer's? Go ahead on Ariel. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll start with a, a quick backstory. So I moved to Ashfield three years ago, and Elmer's was not flourishing at that time. It was after Nan owned it and sold it to somebody else. And, uh, you know, we went a few times, but we weren't amazed. And when uh, we talked to people... It wasn't like when Nan owned it. It wasn't like when Nan owned it. We heard tell. <laughs> they didn't know. We didn't know. I didn't know because I wasn't, I wasn't there when Nan owned it. But I read about... When Nan owned it in the Yankee magazine, and that's part of why we moved to Ashfield. Are you this, we were like, this seems like a cool place. How cool! I know, I think right? I have to look up that article. Yeah, it's like 15 years old, but it talks about Elmer's like 14 times in this one article about Ashfield and how great Ashfield well, is. Well, and Yankee is like gospel around here, right? So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So well, Yankee did say that we had the best pancakes in New England. Whoa! A couple years before that article came out. I mean, it's and good. you did have pancakes at your recent event. That's right. Just saying. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Rewind. So. So, so I moved to town. I eat at Elmer's a little. I hear from other people that it used to be owned by Nan and it used to be amazing. And I start hearing from people that everybody has thought about buying it and and like making it back into what it used to be. They're like, no, I've done a business plan, but I don't see how it could work. Like I have this same conversation with like five separate people. People actually did business plans. Yes, and like, yes. Put that out there. Multiple people. I'm not putting it out there. Not putting it out there. But like funny. dreaming and yeah. scheming yeah. and imagining that they could own Elmer's and bring it back to its former glory. But like over and over, people are like. No, I, I I thought about it, and I know I can't do it by myself. It won't work. And so the work that I do professionally is in building these projects where people come together to do things that they can't do alone. Baby Jesus brought you to Ashfield. Baby Jesus. <laughs> and Satchel Mora from the hardware store brought us to Ashfield because they weren't going to sell us our house that we bought. <laughs> But then we wrote them a letter, and we claimed in our letter that we would be good community members, and they were like, okay, uh, you can Baby, come. Baby what? Jesus must like pancakes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and Laura and at the hardware store. Satch and Laura oh from the Ashfield hardware store helped us to come to Ashfield and introduced us around. And so I, thought, I started thinking, well, what if we actually bought Elmer's and, and rebuilt it as a community-owned restaurant or a community center? so that all these individual dreams that people feel like can't happen alone actually happen together. And so a mutual friend introduced Nan and I. We sat in a garden, and I pitched my idea to Nan. And I'll turn it over to you, Nan. I don't know what you was, thought at that moment. Who is wait, this? This is, like so, this is so much more than I even knew, and I feel like I've had a lot of conversations about this previously with Ariel. Yeah. So one day, Matthew Glassman said, come over, I want you to meet somebody. And so I went over there, and and met Ariel Brooks, and I thought, well, first of all, y'all, it was just so sweet that people cared, you know? I mean, really and truly, it really, really was so sweet that people cared. And to meet Ariel and then have her come up with this idea of a community running and managing Elmer's, I just thought, wow, and they wanted me to be a part of it. So I thought, I could do that. And so that's how it all got started, and 
I just, it's a weird part for me now, I'll kind of jump forward and then go back, is, you know, it is a community now as opposed to me just going, okay, here's what we're going to do. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. How much involvement <laughs> between the the other in-between owner, uh-huh. were you still involved in no, that? No, at, at that point I was not involved at all at, when they owned it. Um for their for their sake, as well as you know, just it, it was difficult. You know, it's it, it, it interesting. Everybody, I understand this. I truly understand this intellectually. Every single person who buys a business or starts a business wants to put their stamp on it, and they want it to make it theirs. They want, and that's exactly what I wanted to do when I opened it too. And everybody kept saying, when Jack Mattis owned it, it was good. You're not Elmer. You're not Margaret and Ke- and Margaret Keith and and Ron. You're not them. You can't do this. You're from away. And it, I had a real, that's what my whole book is about, the one I just finished writing. It was all about me trying to break into a tiny town in And so what year was that? Mass. 2005. Yeah. So that was 2005. So it wasn't even, I was thinking like further back. No. That huh? you were getting some of that shade. No. But you were getting shade in 2005. Oh, Asheville is a very old community mm. as far as the way they think yes. and the way they do. Yeah. And so that's what they were definitely doing in 2005. And, and also a um, small community, right? Yeah. 1,700? 1,700 people. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that's what was happening at that point. And then I kind of worked my way in. And then all of a sudden, we're doing this now with a whole new group of people, which is very interesting. So I'm involved, but I ain't the boss. That's the boss right there. <laughs> so has the building always been in existence as sort of a meeting place, as a hub for town? It was built in 1835 by Crafts. Their last name was Crafts. And it was Crafts Store. And then it was Crafts and Sons. And it was Crafts and Sons all the way for a long, long time. And I I think all the way until, believe it or not, like a major chain bought it, which I just love. I believe that was the New England grocery stores, I think was the name of it. And I'm sure there was a historian somewhere who's going to say, you're wrong. And I know. But anyway. But you're not a historian, so no, it's okay. No, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> which means you can weave webs and tales exactly. of your own making that right. don't have to be historically correct. Exactly. Yeah. But, but Elmer LaShore was the manager of this chain and in Ashfield. And he lived in Ashfield. He was from there. His family was from there. And then at some point, he went to the people and said, can I buy this place? And they said, sure. And so they sold it to him. And that's when it became Elmer's 1937. So 1835 to 1937, it was owned by the Crafts, Crafts and Sons, and then this other place. So it's really a pretty small you know, uh, uh, ownership of all the centuries it's been open, all the time it's been open. So Elmer bought it in 1937. He turned it over to his son, who ran it for a long time. Then he sold it to Ray Ward and his wife. And so it went through a few different owners, um, some really good ones and some really bad ones. And then finally ended up in, I think, 2003, a woman bought it. And she was just kind of sitting on it. That's when Ron and Margaret had it. People liked them a lot. Uh, she was kind of nuts, the woman who owned the building, and, and they eventually just snuck out because they were kind of not sure about her. And then it just sat there empty. Uh, at one point, the um, <laughs> land trust owned it for a while. They were trying to save it. That's And that ties back into the aerial story, too. It was trying to be saved a lot. There was there were periods of time where people were just trying to save the building. And then I came along in 2005, opened it completely accidentally because I was here working on the Green River Festival. Just came to do one year of a festival while I was here. Hurricane Katrina took out my house and everything I owned in New Orleans. And I had just bought a house in Asheville because I thought, this is a cool place. I love this little town. I'm going to buy a house here. So I did. Three days later, my house in New Orleans disappeared. I only had one house. I moved in, and I kept thinking, that's a cute little place. Wouldn't it be fun to have... I don't even cook. 
and I thought it'd be fun to have a restaurant. So I did. <laughs> New Orleans <laughs> loss is definitely our game, yeah, man. Yeah. You are so kind. Thank do you. Do you still have a home down south? No, no. I stay, well, I do. In the, I stay with my friend, but not my very own. Huh? No. That I mean, the house was still standing, but it was worth very, very little at that point because it had eight feet of water. And so... Uh, but um, and everything was gone. So I sold it to some other people and bought this house and stayed here and opened Elmer's and did that until 2018 is when I sold it to the new people. So one of the fun connections to the story Nan just told is that the Kraft family sent us a donation. Yay! Uh, so we had we bought the building as a nonprofit community center, and we did it completely. We made a cash purchase that was uh, funded by more than 400 people, which... Many, many of them were from Ashfield. I need to get the exact number because there are not that many households in Ashfield if we only have 1,700 people. So we got like 200 donations from Ashfield. That's like a lot. A high proportion of the houses households in Ashfield sent us money. Which is so amazing. Which is, is so amazing. cool. And the crafts don't live here anymore. Yep, they, they do. Well, some of them. But this donation came from a craft that has moved to New York. Oh. But wrote su- such a sweet note saying that my family owned this for generations. Cool. And I'm so excited that this project is happening. Uh, so it's it's been really amazing to be connected to many generations of history. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that they found you and wanted to be involved and yeah, yeah and yeah. continue that. And so, Ariel, when I was looking at your um, LinkedIn profile, it says you're an independent consultant. That's right. And that you like messy problem solving. <laughs> that is true. That is so true. That's why we're connected. Would this be a messy problem that you're trying to solve? Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we don't have time to get into it at this exact second, but I want to get into all the details of the exact problems that we're trying to solve because that's... That's the creative, cool part of this experiment is that is that we got really clear about where we wanted to go with this, which was to have it be a resource for the town of Ashfield that's like had great breakfast served at this building. And now we, we've been we've been figuring it out and we've gone through a lot of different phases of research and figuring and deciding in order to get to the structure we're at now, which is how we got to the nonprofit. And then there's going to be a separate restaurant that rents from the nonprofit that runs a great breakfast spot in this community owned building. So each ste- literally every phase of this has been about problem solving, including uh, work with the Greenfield Savings Bank and, <laughs> and trying to figure out how to make a commercial building purchase, which only Nan had ever done. So, you know, there's just been like an incredible amount of, of work and learning at every stage of this project. Lots of lots of partners in problem solving. So this is Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here with Ariel Brooks and Nan Peretti talking about Elmer's. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Nan Peretti and Ariel Brooks, two people who are making Elmer's happen once again. And it's sixth iteration or whatever. I wasn't counting when we last broke, but it was it was a lot of people and hands in there and pots to be stirred. Um, if you want to find out a little bit more about what we're talking about, they do have a website. So you can go to that in between when we're talking, and that is elmerscommunity.org. Correct. Is that right? Great. So before we broke, we were talking about the deal and having it come together. And so what did that look like? Like, how were you actually like able to make it happen and have the building, get the purchase? I mean, you don't need to go into specifics, but it sounds like it was a real creative haul 
Push. Yeah. Pull. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so when we first started talking about this project, we were in conversations with the former owner about buying directly from from them and the plan was to kind of parallel process our planning and getting all of our organizational structures going and getting all of our operations set up and business planning and then simultaneously fundraising to make the purchase and we'd we'd started meeting in september there was a 10-person steering committee of all folks from ashfield rad folks including nan and i and we started talking about the business plan and our strategy and our fundraising strategy and you know we were we were meeting every other week starting in september so we were like four meetings in. You met, you meet a lot. We meet like a lot. Just saying, now I, I was reading through your website <laughs> about ways to get involved, and I was like, dang. <laughs> Twice a month for like a couple hours each time. Now like you guys now are now we're once a yeah committed. every week. Anyway, yeah. Oh oh boy, yeah. <laughs> but still, we were only like four or five meetings in, and we get this call that the building is going to auction, and we think, oh no, that is <laughs> not the plan. Not the plan. <laughs> not what we wanted and to happen. The building is going to go to auction on January sixth, right? Or was it the fifth? I think it was the sixth. It was, was inauspicious. We're yes, like January sixth. Six. No, of all days. <laughs> yeah, not that. Day. <laughs> Nothing can happen that day. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we'd had the goal of making this community owned. And part of the work that I do and that the field of sort of solidarity economy and just transition that I work in, part of the work we do is trying to figure out how can we use the kind of outdated structures of corporate organizations and financial strategies that exist to do what we want. Like, our current system is not set up to own things cooperatively or to do things creatively in solidarity. So how do we get from where we want to be and and like bridge backwards to what the structures that we have? So we originally thought that the structure of it, not the feel, but the structure was going to be kind of like a grocery co-op where we'd have a business that had members and a board. And as we got into researching and figuring it out, we realized... We can't do it that way because if we have a, a mortgage where we have to pay back the entire mortgage on this building, we're not actually going to be able to get this off the ground. It's just going to be too much strain on the business or on the nonprofit or however we, we form it, and the whole thing will collapse. And so we figured out by that point in early December that we wanted to, to actually create a nonprofit to own the building so that we could fundraise with donations instead of having to fundraise with loans. And so we like incorporated in early December as a nonprofit and started frantically fundraising <laughs> in order to have enough money to go to this auction on January 6th. So Nan is like, I know some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Let me um, make some I'm calls. Not surprised. Yeah. Well, people I think had no, come Nan to me. Knows everybody. Well, people had come to me and said, hey, come over, come over here. I want to talk to you about something. <laughs> so I knew some people were interested even before I knew Ariel. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. So and we, so you were able to get 400 over 400 individual donations. So we had two folks from town yep. who made really substantial initial donations who didn't want their names shared publicly and widely but gave us enough money that we felt like we could confidently go to auction and make a bid and ha- and cover the 5% or the 15% or whatever it was going to be that we were going to have to put down in order to go to auction. And so we're like, okay, we've got enough. We don't have the full amount, but like, once if close, we can, if close. <laughs> we're close. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but then then it was leading right up to the auction and there wasn't a ton happening. We, we all showed up in the snow on January 6th and it turned out the auction had been postponed. So that was a relief, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but then they postponed the auction to early March, and then things started getting serious. And the auction house start, got a dumpster and started clearing things out and started getting everything in the building tagged into lots. I mean, we're talking like children's table, plastic tables from Ikea with tags on them to be sold in lots in right. the auction. And we're thinking, if we have to buy this building and all of the part, all of the things within it at auction separately, this is going to be really challenging. Yeah. <laughs> and none of us have experience with commercial auctions. Right. But we will soon. We will. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother chapter. <laughs> I, saw, I was like, what is this other thing? Like, that's right. We'll get there later. That's right. I think in chapters. Yeah. Uh, yeah in the good. arc of this whole story. Because you just wrote a book. Uh, right. Exactly. About this. So I'm we're thinking in the arc. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Anyway, carry on. So, you know, at this point, we're hustling. We're, we're having, we had one big community meeting online in February, January, February, where we, we had 50 people show up on Zoom to to learn about what we were doing Amazing. and we're thinking okay we have we have momentum we start getting some donations we start the GoFundMe rolling but uh, the auction uh, eventually got canceled and we were going to be able to buy directly from the bank with a closing date of April 26th something like that and on like April 14th <laughs> at our meeting we're there, sitting there $25,000 short and we're trying to decide what to do you want to pick up any of the story? <laughs> no, I was, I was watching like y'all, huh? So this is the part where you only talk. Okay. Uh, so we're trying to decide what to do. And one of the things we're, we're thinking is, you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people from town who are pressuring us or who are, who are offering to give us a loan to cover the gap. And that doesn't make sense. That just That just creates a huge amount of pressure for us who are all volunteers. We're all just like working on it in addition to our other jobs and family and commitments yep. and our lives. Yep. And it, a lot of like, work. I it, can tell it's a lot of work. It means we have to get this off the ground really quickly. There's a huge amount of pressure. And so we decided we're not going to do it. If we if we fall short, we're going to let the let it go. And we're, we're going to return all the money. So I had a stack of checks, of donation checks, sitting on my desk that was like 200 checks just sitting there. Incredible. Waiting to see if we're going to make it. Because I'm like, I'm just going to void all these out and send them back <laughs> if, if we don't make this. And so literally later crying, that night. Crying in your mind. You know, well, what Are I loved here? about Cider. it. I loved our, our shared commitment. I mean, yeah. we had 10 people who'd put a lot of time and energy into this project and had the clarity to know that we have to do this differently if we're going to do it. Yeah. It's not going to work. And we say it doesn't work in the logic of capitalism. And I have to ask you, like, <laughs> is this not your like pinnacle dream of your like life's work? I mean, to, like, I didn't even know this, this was project? my dream like a year ago, <laughs> but now I really, I guess I never really looked at your LinkedIn. Like we weren't even friends before, like, you know, on LinkedIn before like being here, but I always check and I look at everyone's stuff. I'm like, you, this is like your stuff. This is like your juju right exactly. here. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to get to work on it and to have a community of, of like a board that's working on it with me that is so clear sighted about knowing that we can do this together and we must do this together and we can't do it within the logic of capitalism. We have to do it. We say we have to make this nice thing for ourselves and each other. I keep forgetting that part because I, you know, am pretty steeped in capitalism. But she keeps reminding me. That's right. And Nan comes around when it's important. She remembers. Ariel does seem like the torch holder. Yeah. 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 That's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good job. So uh, after that meeting, when we've decided we're not going to go ahead with it, and we were like literally planning a conversation with the community where we were going to tell them why we we're not going to go ahead, I get a call from somebody who says they're going to fill the gap. And we make it, and we're able to buy the building with a cash 
off, you know, a cash payment on May 12th. It took us a little while to get the insurance sorted out. Commercial insurance, another thing. <laughs> we like all, the all the things. All the things. Creative it's problem like solving. So We're many, like, so <laughs> many things that you don't know at all and have to figure out like on the fly. And it's like, yeah. Exactly. So hard. So we're doing that individually and together. And our team is like so many cool humans with with like really diverse gifts that bring those gifts to the to the team and the project in a lot of different ways. So we're very lucky that way. And yeah. so will you talk a little bit about the team? Sure. Because I feel like, you know, you all have been so just t- like together and, and, and committed to this. Um, do you want to talk about who's on the team? Sure. Do you want to trade off? Do you want me to do the rundown? You do the rundown because I always forget. <laughs> you have to remind me. Yeah. Dave, Elizabeth, Delta, <laughs> right. April, uh-huh. Ariel, Matthew, Kath, Rob, Nan, and Derek. Yep. Yep. You're so, good. yeah, nice work. Um, so, you, you know me and Nan. And uh, April West was a, a guru with our survey data and helped us to collect 350 surveys from our town and surrounding towns and to do a lot of work with those in the fall and has rolled off. Cassandra Hafner used to cook at Elmer's, now runs Hardy Eats up in Shelburne Falls and did a ton of early work with us, helping us get sorted out um, with our thinking about business planning. And she also rolled off. But the rest of us are still on. Nice. So we've got Dave Russo, who's an amazing content creator and artist and musician. We've got Elizabeth Gray, who's of the Gray family of the gray pancakes that are made at Elmer's, who's a homeschool mom of six and an occupational therapist. Uh, we've got Rob Lazat, who used to cook at Elmer's also, who's now trained to be an x-ray no, he technician. Never, he actually never cooked at Elmer's. He never cooked at Elmer's? No, but he always cooked at Double Edge. He cooked at Double Edge. Yeah, and other places. <laughs> and we're going to have to pick up. We're going to leave you with a Wait, cliffhanger. Yeah, cliffhanger. <laughs> this is two reverse turn. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Ariel Brooks, man, and I will be back in a moment. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Ariel Brooks and Nan Peretti of Elmer's, the Elmer's clan, the group, the posse um, of Elmer's. Elmer's. Ashfield. Yes, Yes. Ashfield, yes. And you can find out more at elmerscommunity.org. We were giving some shout-outs to some of the team, the volunteer team that's part of that tribe. Um, So, Ariel, do you want to pick it up where we left off? Sure. Because we left everyone on a cliffhanger. I know. Right before Nan freaked out about your cap not being on your marker. Yep, that's right. Nan is a marker specialist. We actually have two marker specialists. I already mentioned Dave Rousseau, who's a marker artist. So, you know, we, we have all the bases covered when it comes to markers. Signage is set. Yes. Signage is so set. We Very have Nan's so. signage. We have Dave's artwork. If you look at the website, that's his artwork on the in the top of the homepage. Uh, we've been talking in the in the in-between about, like, moments of kismet when something just shows up. And Dave, like, didn't even tell us in advance that he was coming to our first steering committee meeting. He just rolled in. And then we were talking about, like, needing something for a poster. And he was like, what about this? image of like a magical fantastical future Elmer's that I happen to have available and that you can use whenever he, you want. He painted that uh, shortly before I sold it and just presented it to me so back about maybe seven or eight years ago and it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's the kind of talent we have on our team. I, it's magical. Are, right? Yeah. Uh, there's four people that didn't get talked about before the break. So that is Matthew Glassman formerly of Double Edge who is an actor. Actually Dave was making a video the other day and was like none of us are actors and Matthew's like I'm an actor. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> Hold, yeah. on. Hold, Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to bring it. 
Because <laughs> double-edged theater is like the absolute best living art performance. It's hands true. Down, it's true. Right in Nashville. Absolutely. Yep. So Matthew's doing cool stuff with kids' art programs now and fa- faculty work down at Trinity and all sorts of other things and helps us with a lot of our communications and community weaving. We have Derek, who's our newest board member, who's a trained woodworker and has many different skills and talents, but mostly has just been like showing up at the building with his tools and fixing stuff, which is like... Love that. Love that, right? Thank you, Derek. Uh, We also have Kath, who is a green building admin who's running our building renovation subcommittee and doing a great job with that. And then, of course, Delta, who was a longtime cook at uh, Elmer's and a a community fixture on Main Street, who is really keeps us grounded in community and what the community needs and wants at all times. I love this. What a great group. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, Nan, will you just talk to us a little bit about your marker obsession? Because I feel like we haven't talked about that yet. And that is such a huge component of who you are and what you do, even though you're multifaceted. And even what did we call if you? If you don't know yeah. her, you will know Nan's work, especially yes. if you've ever been to the Green River Festival. Or if you've driven through Ashfield, where we are blanketed with Nan signs. <laughs> That's another reason like, that we decided to move to Ashfield, because we were Green really? River Festival lovers. Wow, cool. And then we drove in and we were like, this town has a lot of signs that are similar to Green River Festival. This must be a good sign. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I came here in 2005 to work for the Green River Festival. I've been the sign writer for the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival since 1985. And that's how, again, how I got here. And so I do signs. I'm leaving next week to go to Newport, to do Newport. I've got the Montclair Jazz Festival. I've got festivals everywhere. And that's what I am I'm on other things, too. But I'm also a sign writer. I've been a sign writer. During the pandemic, the signs really took off. And that's why you see so many of them now. And that was really cool. That was how I, how I supported myself during the pandemic, was people saying, hey, I want the feel of the festival in my house. And so they ordered them. And uh, yeah, and Nan and so- is such a great sign maker, and I love her signs so much that earlier this week, not knowing she was going to be on this show, I actually dreamt about asking her to do signs for the radio station. And then <laughs> I said, yes, of course I would do that. Absolutely. In real life. <laughs> yeah. So every time I call Nan about Elmer stuff, she's like, hang on, I'm shipping 400 signs <laughs> to somewhere in the Southwest for a festival. Right. But then at our own events, Nan is just whipping out signs. We're like, Nan, we need a sign for this. And she's like, psh, psh, psh. and then like a beautiful sign is ready, ready and available. Well, thank What's you. your preferred choice of marker? Is it a Sharpie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. No. No. <laughs> what is this? What is this? What's this, your favorite marker? Like you this amateur marker knowledge. <laughs> exactly. And I am so dismayed and disgusted. I'm not two, even going to Okay, I'm a mom of that. a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. There are non-Sharpies and there are Sharpies. That's it. Go with the Sharpie, okay? Uh-huh. A flare. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, so what's the good, what is the good marker? I'm telling y'all. Oh! <laughs> trade <laughs> secrets. You're asking for trade, trade secrets. secrets. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm Never mind. <laughs> Whatever works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you I'll go. stick with my Sharpies. Okay. That'll and my Crayolas. It's Crayola and Sharpies. Those are the two <laughs> markers that are really in my well. house. Mm-hmm. I'm not good. a sign maker. I run our uh, Elmer's meetings with the old school smelly markers. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 I got no issues with that. Yeah. <laughs> they smell like cherries and like licorice. them in the corner. <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, we have so, a good time. Anyway. So that's how the whole sign thing came about. And that's what I still do for different festivals and different everything else. And um, yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. 
Um, it's become kind of a brand, apparently. Last year, my sign that I wrote for Joni Mitchell, that, of course, Joni Mitchell signed, so my sign, Joni Mitchell signed the sign, and they auctioned it off at, at the New Orleans, after the New Orleans Folk Festival, uh, not New Orleans, I'm sorry, Newport Folk Festival, and it sold for $17,500. What? <laughs> I know, what? isn't that cool? How come you're not getting Joni Mitchell to sign signs to auction <laughs> off <laughs> 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 oh, I wish I had been thinking. When was, you go to Newport, uh, you got to like, get, get, get this going. Get this going. Yeah. Hmm, that's Could a good use idea. all our resources, man. <laughs> I know. I had no idea. I was so surprised when it sold for that much money. That's amazing. It's very, very good. And that's all for the Newport Foundation, the festival's foundation. So that was cool. So next time. Next time. Elmer's is up. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Should we talk about some of the events Nan's going to make signs for soon? Yes. Let's do that. We So we raised just enough, as we told you, to buy the building and not much more. Our original fundraising goal accounted for repairs, but we didn't get raise the money for the repairs yet. So we, both because we have more fundraising to do and because we really want to be using the building, even though we don't have an occupancy permit. So we can't have people inside right now until we fix our handicap access ramp in our porch and one support beam in the basement that is sad right now. And <laughs> uh, and so we we got to do some fundraising. And also, like, we have a lot. We have a lot. We have a space outside Elmer's, even though we can't be inside Elmer's. So uh, creative. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Creative problem solving. You should hear us talking about last night how we were going to tarp this space. We had like six different strategies. I was, I was rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the corner with your marker. He's <laughs> <laughs> saying, y'all, uh-uh. not the smelly ones. Not the unidentified ones. markers. Yeah. Unidentified yeah. markers. I'm going to be like, hey, man, what's in your bag? <laughs> hey, Nan, do you have anything in your pocket? Shall we like get out of here, Brewster? Get out of here. So we, Nan foreshadowed an auction, which is a separate good stories so maybe we'll end with that mm-hmm. um but we're we're gonna have friday morning sidewalk cafes and those will be kind of a bake sale style fundraiser where you can come get coffee and baked goods that are baked by people from our community we have rad bakers who have signed up so far so it should be delicious that'll be from 7 a.m to 11 a.m outside elmer's on fridays and i'll be there and then i'll be there unless i'm at newport uh (laughs) so that's through the end of the month and then we're also uh pending nan going to the select board on monday and getting approval for our liquor licenses (laughs) Mm -hmm. having uh beer and burgers every thursday night from 5 30 to 8 30 Mm -hmm. And we'll be outside and we'll have yummy food and good community. So every all the money that we raise through those events will go towards our porch fund. And uh, one of the one of the taglines, I'm not sure if it was Matthew or Dave or who came up with it. You know, Elmer's is the front porch and the living room of Ashfield. So <laughs> we're trying to rebuild the front porch and living room of Ashfield as a community center. I love that so much. Right. Yeah. And, and it really it harkens back to to what people were asking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we talk about this for a minute? Mm-hmm. Because you got a lot of people saying what they wanted and what did they want? What did the people of Ashfield want from you? I mean, a lot of them wanted, well, we did ask specifically what era they liked the most. And one of those was Nan's era. And one of those was Don Leisure's Cheese Wheel era, uh, yeah, which is yeah. another story we can tell later. <laughs> right. The, the famous Cheese Wheel disaster. Right. Did we, people come and nibble on it? <laughs> oh, that's the whole story. Uh, yeah, oh, we, oh, we can't get into okay. that in this, I, yeah, in this amount know. of time. I'm just guessing. Uh, but they want great breakfast. They want a place to gather. They want a place to work in the afternoon when they're writing their romance novels, as one of our ongoing donors has has done in the past. Mm-hmm. They want uh, event space and art space and um, and a little mini bookstore in the back, which we hope to make happen through our 
micro entrepreneur program. Um, so we, yeah, we they, people want it to be a gathering space where they can come and meet with friends and have a great time and and be well fed. And we're trying to bring that back in really creative, problem solving ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, how much do you need to raise in order to do this? Uh, we're trying to do a creative strategy where we get a volunteer. Uh, expert licensed contractor to oversee our our porch renovation and pull the permits, in which case we think we need like between five and ten thousand dollars for paying that person for that service and for buying the materials. And we've had so many volunteers, skilled volunteers come up forward from the community to say that we'll rebuild that porch. Uh, but if we don't find a licensed contractor to pull the permits and everything, I, I estimated like $30,000 earlier in a meeting today, and somebody told me that was low, and they thought it was going to be more like forty dollars to $50,000 to pay for it to be done professionally. Got it. Well, <laughs> you heard it here first. There's the need. Hey, uh, baby Jesus here. Um, Ariel and Nan from Elmer's. This is Tara Brewster on the Western Mass Business Show. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Nan Peretti and Ariel Brooks from Elmer's in Ashfield. And I, this has never happened to me before, but I had no idea what segment we were on just now. So it must be a good show because it's going <laughs> fast for me. Um, but we were just talking about events and the auction and cheese wheels. So I want to I go back to that. All right. So this is one thing that is so exciting to me, of course, is the, the, the enthusiasm of everybody in town making this thing happen. And there's a guy who's a good friend of mine who used to live in Ashfield, and he his name is Jim Cutler, and he decided to follow his soul and his heart's desire, and he moved onto a boat. And now he lives on the sea, sails the seas all the time. And when you do that, you don't have a whole lot of room in your life for stuff. So, but his mom like was an art collector and had antiques and just uh, the, this gorgeous furniture and everything else. And he's got it all in storage. And he called me and said, hey, I want to donate everything I own, and except for the boat, <laughs> to Elmer's. And you guys can auction it off and have all the, keep all the money from it. This is so cool. I know it. And so we're doing that. We're doing that. When is this happening? It's happening the 23rd, Sunday the 23rd. And it's going to be... July 23rd. I'm sorry. July 23rd. At Mike Skalski's place, Catamount Trading, Trading, and Mike Skalski, of course, is from Ashfield. He's the one who always had the big tag sale every year. He now has um, a place like that and an auction house on Route 2 heading into Greenfield, and it's called Catamount Trading, Trading. and he is offering, he's going to do it, he's, he also is offering all of his oh services God, for this free. this is so cool. I know. Yeah. So at 2 o'clock that day, 11 o'clock, people can come and look at everything and see what they want to um, you know, bid on, and then at 2 o'clock, we'll have the auction. And that money all goes to Elmer's. So, I and love if this anybody so else wants to do the same thing, do it. Call yeah. it. Call us. Let yeah. us know. Um, yeah, we, we'll take your stuff. Beneficiaries too. of auctions. Yeah, I love it. It's very, very exciting. So that's and it really harkens to the project. Exactly, hundred yeah. percent creative, creative problem creative solving. Right? Problem. Yes. that's like that's like our whole jam. You have stuff. You don't want it. We need the money. We can exactly. sell it like no problem. Yeah, it's really exciting. Really, really, it's exciting. really exciting. So very, very excited about that. So that's like I say, um, July twenty third at two o'clock, eleven o'clock viewing beforehand. Catamount trading. Love it. Yeah. And so one of the things we've been talking about, uh, you know, is just like all the many, many ways for people to get involved. So 
Right now, we have a bunch of different volunteer opportunities. One is that contractor we talked about, our, our magical unicorn volunteer contractor uh, or paid contractor who supervises our volunteers. I can hear the whinnying or the neighing right? behind me. It's <laughs> coming. Magical yes, unicorn. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, <laughs> then we have... Uh, we need some drivers for this auction to help us drive items. We need donations for this auction now and in the future. Those need to happen on July 19th. So get in touch with us. The website is elmerscommunity.org, and you can contact us through the website if you have items to donate or if you want to drive for us. And then we also need bakers for our Friday morning sidewalk cafe bake sales and uh, we need attendees for all of our pop-up events, so come and hang mm-hmm. Friday mornings and Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And what else do we need? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we have a, a spot on the website where it says get involved, that we list all of our active needs at any given time. So if you're listening to this podcast far in the future, go visit the website and see what our active needs are board at that moment. Board members too, right? Uh, we, so Community right now members. we are we have our board members and um, we are going to move to a member model where people can become members of the Elmer's Community Center nonprofit. And that's part of, the, if you're a member of the nonprofit, you'll get to like reserve space for your meetings and events. There'll be different benefits that we're still working out the details of. Um, and those members will elect our board. So we're not actually bringing on any new board members right now, but starting in the fall or the winter, we'll, we'll get all the members signed up and then those members will begin to elect any new board members that are coming on. So if you want to be a board member at some point in the future, you could let us know that. Nice. Kind of like the co-ops. Exactly. Yeah. The structure of the co-op. Yeah, I love and that. The web address again is? Is elmerscommunity.org. Cheese wheel. Cheese wheel. So back in the day, <laughs> I'm like cheese wheel. Enough <laughs> of this stuff. Remember, this was this was I people's a, second favorite to, era of no. Elmer's was Don Ledger's cheese I, wheel I'm era. I'm just imagining this big. Che- I mean, cheese is like my number one food source. So just saying. I think it actually started with Elmer, who was Don's dad. So um, Elmer Lashure and Don, when they had it, they would buy cheese from a specific farm in Wisconsin. Because I, I found all this stuff out big 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 old wheel of cheese and they would have it shipped from wisconsin and then they would put it in the basement yep. that basement we're talking about yep and then they would turn it every few days they would turn it and let all the juices go back down all the oils go back and they would keep it there for six months yep basement fermented cheese yeah and then they would bring it up and put it on the counter under a big dome and you could come in and buy your cheese and people would, and it was as as we know, people loved the cheese, and people asked me if I would start the cheese thing again, and I did try. But by the time two thousand five had come around, the laws about how things like that, food and stuff, work had changed a bit, and they said, "Oh no, you can't do that." So we were never able to restart the cheese, but we would if we could. Uh, we did sell cheese. We did find a a really good brand of cheese, and we tried to call it Elmer's cheese, but people were, nope. That's not Elmer's cheese. <laughs> All right. It was not as exciting as I thought. I'm sorry, but uh, it was, was a good really story. There some, like, cheese Basement nibbling off of cheese? a wheel. Is it I don't know. I wanted exciting? the wheel to spin, and people, like, took nibbles off of it. I'm not sure that know. cheese ferments. I think it's just aged, right? Yeah. Well, I aged. So. Basement aged. Uh, yeah. But maybe if it's in a basement, it does you ferment. You should see that well, cave basement. I mean, it's, yeah, it's right. like six oh, no. of one house and nothing nice about that basement. My favorite basement story was a time my Jeff went downstairs and said, "Well, how come all those, all those, all those cords? What are all those cords on the floor of the basement?" And I said, "I don't know what you're talking about." So I went down. And it turned out it wasn't cords; it was uh, to, uh, potatoes that had we had had a flood, and the potatoes were down there, and they got buried because it's a dirt floor. 
And then they grew, and they sent all their vines across the floor. <laughs> and then we, we cut them down so that we didn't have any vines anymore. That, that's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, if you want, I could just do a whole thing on uh, the story, the stories that came out of Elmer's when I owned it. Really, really, a lot of stories. Very but you funny. don't have to do that on the radio, Nan, because people can read your book. Oh, that's right. I have a book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Talk about your book coming out. Okay. I have a book coming up, and it's called So Many Layers of Interesting. And it's about coming to, out from, to Ashfield from the South, people saying, you know, there was a war, and we beat you. <laughs> Somebody actually said that. Okay. All right. Good. That's good to know. <laughs> it was really wild wow. in the olden days. It was yeah. really wild. And so things have changed quite a bit, but it's that whole, the arc, the evolution of owning Elmer's and, and kind of the very day I sold and Elmer's. And becoming integrated into a community. Yes. Oh, like absolutely. Like needing to like prove yourself. Yes. Like... And, and actually, in fact, the good fortune of ending up here before even seeing it, because um, New Orleans now is such a different place. It's not the place I loved so much. The crime, the heat is 127 degree the water. heat index, the water, the hurricanes. So that I actually left there, not of my own accord, but ended up here in this lovely town. And it's so exciting. I, I love it so much. And I'm sorry, I just took up time and we didn't get, didn't get to talk more you about know, Elmer's. Um, we're good. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about Elmer's being a 501c2 and like a third space because I feel like those things are pretty cool. Okay. Uh, so remember when I talked about how we have to make the corporate structures that exist do what we want? So in that process, what we figured out is that we make the, the building into a nonprofit that's preserved for our community forever and we can use it for all kinds of things. Yay! Right. We can, if, you know, if at, at times we don't have active things happening in there that are like commercial enterprises, we can still use it for meeting spaces and dances and roller skating and yoga classes no and wedding. whatever we sorry, want no whatever we want <laughs> it would be kind of cool there it was enough so space bad. in there, there, yeah. there especially the if the handicap ramp goes up you could like circle around we could allow twirling man we could allow twirling <laughs> no just twirling. for the roller skating night just giving you a one minute warning here uh, so anyway um but then we want to also have this restaurant that is a restaurant for the public good that this is a whole other story, but we're going to use the the model that Patagonia is using with Purpose Trusts to make a restaurant for the purpose of having a great restaurant in Ashfield, and that will rent from our nonprofit. And there's this tricky C2 thing that Tara's interested in that I learned about from farms. So land trusts, you could have a 501c3 nonprofit land trust that owns a bunch of farmland, and they could be renting that farmland to, for example, BIPOC or queer farmers who they're trying to get land to for charitable purpose. And those farmers could be running commercial businesses on that land, even though it's owned by a nonprofit. So that's the same model we're using now with Elmer's, a building owned by a nonprofit that'll have a rad restaurant in it someday. I love it. Thank you so much. Here I go. Thank you so much to Craig DeLapena and to Business West and the Greenfield Savings Bank for supporting the show. Thank you both to Nan and Ariel for coming on. This is Tara Brewster, Western Mass Business Show. You're all great. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.